Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody wants to be, but nobody wants to do. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Truly Inspired Martin, and welcome to another episode of Recrown You, the podcast, baby. Yes, we are here for the women who are ready to be real, raw, and relentless in pursuit to unleash their inner badass. So what does that mean for you? That means that you are a woman that is willing to take a journey that you don't even know what's ahead of you. You are willing to peel back the layers of yourself to say, you know what? There's some shit that I have not dealt with, and I'm ready to take that journey to be the best version of myself. You are the woman that says, you know what? There's a lot of things that I wish we discussed because I face some of these things or I've dealt with some of these things, but nobody talks about it. That's what we're doing here. I'm making sure to bring you the issues, the things of your heart, not only the things of my heart, but the things that you guys request as well. I'm so excited about this month because it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and it's a conversation that we got to get started because it's a real big deal, right? But we don't really like to talk about what's going on on the inside and the brain, right? We, we talk about when we get cuts and bruises and we're banged up on the outside physically, but what about what goes on on the inside? That mentality can power and wire up everything else about you. If your mind ain't right, trust me, a lot of other things won't be either. But this week, we're all about the men. Yes, you heard me right, ladies. We're all about the men. We are bringing the men to the forefront in this segment that I call They Need Us Too, Men and Mental Health Edition. And the reason why this is such a big deal to me is because a lot of us either have husbands, boyfriends, ex-boyfriends, somebody that we're going to date, we want to date, we want to marry, uncles, cousins, best friends, whomever. You got a man in your life somewhere, right? And I think it's so important for us to know what they are going through in their lives and what they have gone through mentally. Because if we don't understand, then we will not be able to know how to act accordingly. So this segment is all about highlighting men and their struggles with mental health so that we as the women can understand them just a little bit better. 
So I hope this does something to your spirit, to your soul. Make sure that you pull out some pen and paper. If you're driving, you know, you might have to re-listen to this so you can get the notes, but take some mental notes. You feel me? Because this is something that you're really, really going to need going forward. Trust me, every one of these interviews has something that I call a tangible takeaway. You have to be willing to do the work. It's all good and well when you're listening to me and I'm entertaining, I know, and so are my guests. But I don't want you to just sit there and listen. I want you to absorb, take notes, and utilize this going forward because that's what we're here for. That's what Recrown You is about, baby. It's about you doing the work. But in the meantime, let's get into what y'all know. I start every episode off with a little bit of statistics, baby. So let's go ahead and get into that. So men and mental health, right? So I was looking at some statistics um, uh, actually on mentalhealthamerica.net, right? So the U.S. male population, let me make sure I say this number correctly because honey, it's huge. 151,781,326 men in the male population, okay? And there are 6 million males affected by depression every year, okay? 6 million are, and that's just, that's just the, probably the blanket number that we know, right? There are over 6 million men who suffer from depression every year. And male depression often goes undiagnosed because men are more likely to report fatigue, irritability, loss of interest in work or hobbies, rather than feelings of sadness or worthlessness. Like men go through it a little bit different, man, but 6 million? And you got to think about it, right? A lot of men suppress how they feel. They suppress their issues. They suppress life, right? Because they they the pillar. They the man. They got to boss up and keep it tough, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, they struggle just like we do and sometimes even worse because they keep it all inside. And I think that's where we're going to start today. Like this is very important for us to bring this to the forefront. And here's a quote for you by William Shakespeare. We know what we are, but not what we may be. Y'all better write that down, commit it to memory, because it's important. We know what we are right now in the physical, right? But not what we may be, what we're transitioning to. I'm telling you that you've always been who you're supposed to be, but you just haven't unleashed that person yet. And it's time to peel the layers back, honey. So without further ado, I got to tell y'all about today's guest. We got the... Jovan J. Palmer. Now, listen, this is my brother, so I'm going to need y'all to come with some straight respect, posture up, get right, because he's about to bring you some straight. First of all, I feel like I should be addressing him as pastor, but I ain't going to do that to him right now. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm, I'm going to let him go ahead and go through the process first, but this man has a story. This man is a very genuine and authentic soul, and that's why I connect with him. You know what I'm saying? But not only that, he's willing to share his story of his struggle of mental health. He is the owner, CEO of the Embolden Institute. The Embolden Institute. Let me make sure I say that right, right? He is an author, speaker, and identity coach. And today's topic, whoo, honey, is called All on the Table. JJ, you in the building. I'm here. What's going on, Miss Truly Inspired Martin? Damn, let's get into it. How's your day going? Oh, it's going awesome. I can't complain at all. 
I know that's right. So tell us about you. Who is who is JJ? I just made that up right on the spot. Who's JJ? So JJ, <laughs> so JJ, or as I go by, Joe Von J. Palmer, is a young man from Syracuse, New York. Um, matriculated down to the South when I was 16 years old. Uh, graduated from Winston Salem State University, oh. one of the top HBCUs in the land. Okay, slow down, slow down. <laughs> Clark Atlanta University is still on top, so get with it. I, I said I said one of the top because you know we all get love. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll let you slide now. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so I, oh, here I am today here in Atlanta, Georgia, um, with my hands on a lot of things. Um, I work in social services full-time, nine to five. I manage the e-complex. I'm a Shambly under David Shans, Janae Bradley, and Brandon Dixon. I own my own business, the Embodens, to refocus on identity coaching. We help people find their identity after traumatic situations. And of course, I have my own clothing line, Living Blessed. You can find that at IamLivingBlessed.com. And I'm a photographer in the making. And like you did mention, I am studying to become a pastor in the um, church. I uh, just want to do things a little different. So I'm not a typical pastor. I cuss a little bit. I get frustrated. I get angry. I'm a human just like everybody else. And that's what, I'm, that's what I want to change about the whole stereotypical look and feel of pastors. Ooh, I love it. Ain't, ain't you like a 10-time author or something? You got like mad books. Huh? <laughs> I got <laughs> I got one book out and I got three in the making. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got that work. You got that, that, that work in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, always. You know, Master P out here. <laughs> I'm here for it. So let's go ahead and dive in, man. Um, what does all on the table mean? This is a strong topic. Like I'm over here thinking poker. I'm over here thinking <laughs> betting it all. I'm I'm over here deep in my thoughts. So let's get into your story. What does that mean? And that's exactly what it means. Putting it all on the table, all your chips, everything that you dealt with, everything that you've gone through. You put it all on the table and get it off your chest. Um, for years, I've dealt with you know depression and didn't even know it. Uh, just recently, recent as of recent, I'm in therapy right now dealing with my depression as a young boy at the age of 12 years old i was molested by a family member and that's when i lost my life i felt like a part of me died a part of my identity died who i was i just didn't know anymore after that moment you know it went on for about a year or so and the people you feel that are supposed to protect you was the one that you know stripped my identity from me Wow. And, you know, it's just from that time, I was always just trying to figure myself out, always trying to fit in because I didn't know where I fit in in life. You know, they had this thing called the middle child syndrome. And I felt personally that I, I suffered from it because I just didn't know who I was. I felt like I didn't fit in with my family. I didn't fit in with my friends, really. I didn't fit in with society. I was just out here alone trying to make life happen the best I knew how. Oh. That, oh, that's heavy. That's heavy, and that's real. Like, so, damn. Like, you got me at loss for words. Uh, <laughs> so, you said what age did that take place? Twelve years old. Twelve years old. Jeez, and that was by a family member. Correct. Ooh, what did that do to you, like mentally? Like mentally, it shut me down. Uh, I was always a shy kid, but it, it kind of put me more of in a shyer box, if that's even a word. But I'm gonna let you know that I'm, I'm gonna make up some words on this hey, show. Hey, I do that too. So go on with it. <laughs> Webster ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it just shut me down. It put me into the first stage of my depression that I just didn't know about. 
you know, I didn't tell anybody about it because I just didn't know what to say or how to say it or if anybody would really believe me. So I held, I held it in for 12, about until I was 18 years old, maybe, 18 or 19. And it was an ex-girlfriend in college who I was just opening up to her because we got that close. You know, it was something like something like love. It was love. And she was just telling, you know, you need to tell your parents. And she was just give, kind of gave me an ultimatum. Like, if you don't tell her, I don't know what our relationship is going to look like. Because if you can't come out about that to your family, what, you know, what, what can you not come out to me about? Yeah. Yeah. So um, over Christmas break, I sat my parents down. I told them, you know, what happened, who did it, and everything like that. And it was a weight off my shoulder, but this depression still sat there because you, we all know in the black community, therapy isn't something that's either mentioned, it's nothing that's highlighted, it's nothing that we do. Right. So I didn't really know anything about going to a therapist. My parents didn't know anything about taking me to a therapist. You know, they would ask me if I'm okay, how I'm dealing with it. And I just tell my answer was, I just don't know. Mm. Or was, you know, I'm fine because I just really don't want to talk about it with my parents like that. So I dealt with that um, throughout college. I did well in school. Well, not well, but I did. I passed. I got a degree. Um, <laughs> I know that <laughs> That part. <laughs> you know, they, they say C's get degrees and they I made it happen. Hey. So throughout that time, it's really just I was trying to figure me out because I was a very popular kid um, in college. That's when I began to blossom and find, kind of start finding me and finding who I was. And it was my senior year of college. I was really trying to figure my life out and what was next. So I was sleeping around with a young lady at the time and I made a vow to God, like, I'm going to be celibate. But yeah, that was that, that wanted to be in bed after that night. That's <laughs> <laughs> for that. <laughs> right. So um, I woke up maybe about three, four, five o'clock in the morning and I just had this very gut feeling like, yo, you need to get up out of here. So I called my best friend. It was like, yo, come pick me up. And she was like, where you at? I told her where I was at. And she came and got me. And the first word, as soon as I got in the car, she said, I told you, ass. So I told you. <laughs> I, <laughs> and I was like, you know, you're right. And from there, it was just, that's when I discovered, started discovering that God had, he had put, he had picked me. He had marked me. He selected me to go into ministry. So that's what I was, um, that's what I was doing. I was moving into that lane of ministry and trying to figure that out and trying to find my identity in ministry because as a young kid, I never really seen young pastors or pretty much young people in ministry besides, you know, of course, the youth choir, the youth usher board. Um, so I came down to Atlanta really just trying to figure me out, trying to find a job, trying to really get into this whole thing called life. And that's when shit hit the fan. That's when curiosity that I, I thought I suppressed and pushed away for so many years had came to the forefront. And my curiosity about homosexuality just kind of started popping up. And I was trying to push it. I was trying to fight it. I was, you know, saying to myself, I was okay. And then, of course, we got too much access to us. I, we have these cell phones that give us access to anything in the world that we want. And... I just slowly started scrolling, and I guess at the time Craigslist was popping, so I was on Craigslist looking looking for I wouldn't even call it love, just looking for something to get me off sexually. That's all, really. It wasn't nothing like right. I was looking for love or nothing like that because I wasn't. And, you know, I wasn't the type. You know, we gonna have a relationship. It was just really just what happened to me was coming out of me sexually, gotcha. and I didn't know how to control that. 
And so Craigslist, I was on Craigslist, you know, doing what I did, you know, man after man after man. Um, and the crazy thing was I was out here doing it dumb. I wasn't being smart about it. You know, I was using protection and all that stuff. But still, like, I wasn't getting tested. I was just out here. And the thing is, you know, I didn't deal with any female at the time. Really, I was just focused on me. And because I feel, you know, it's not cool. That's one thing I, I'm not cool with is the fact that people who live these double lifestyles and are out here infecting women and tearing women apart. And, you know, that's just not cool. And the reason it's not cool to me because a handful of my friends are female. So I know exactly what their heart feels and what their heart beats. And I just knew in my back of my, in my mind, in my heart, that I couldn't be that guy. So I just, I dated myself. I took myself out, you know, I just did me for some years until I figured out what lifestyle I wanted to live in. You know, to sum it up, it was really just, I wasn't about that life. You know, it was just, it was, like I said, that sexual desire from the molestation was coming out of me and I just didn't know how to control it. So the only way I knew how to control it was, you know, just go and do it and experience it and experience life and see, is it it for me? And, you know, after some time of doing it, I was like, you know, this isn't for me. I'm not about this life. You know, I would come home crying in the shower, wash myself because I felt filthy. I felt dirty. And I was doing this alone, quietly. Nobody nobody really knew. Like, nobody knows. And truth be told, this is probably the first time I'm talking about this publicly. Oh, wow. And be, yeah, it's because it's time. You know, it's time. And after I sat down uh, with my therapist, I've been seeing her for maybe the past year. And she was the first person I told about this and she was just saying you know don't blame yourself because you've had a fucked up life those are her exact words yes and you can't hearing that was what lifted the boulder off of my chest because at the same time i was blaming myself all the time it's my fault it's my fault it's my fault i did this to me and i didn't realize that you know it wasn't me that did this to me it was the one who did this to me's fault yes and that's my freedom started coming, you know, free. Like I'm a, I'm a free guy right now. I'm a free man. Like people who know me knows whatever's going to come out of my mouth is going to come out of my mouth. I'm going to say what I need to say. I'm going to do what I need to do because I've never experienced freedom like I have right now. And within therapy, you know, my first session, she was saying, you need to practice on telling people. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, I don't want to do this. Uh, yeah, that, that can be tough. Right. Real tough. And and I think that also comes down to there, there's a lot there's a lot that goes around that right there's the mm-hmm. there's the embarrassment right there's uh, the judgment of people like mm-hmm. uh, a lot of us like to say I don't care what people think but come on let's be honest like there right. there's there's sometimes when you know they say um, sticks and stones may break your bones but words will never hurt you that's bullshit exactly. you know what I'm saying? because wor- words do hurt. And if somebody is to retaliate with words that that make you feel that you should have kept this to yourself forever, mm-hmm. then yeah. that that can put you in that place of damn. Why did I even share this? And I think one quote that I heard from um who was his name? I think it was Ralph Ellison, the Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, "When I discover who I am, I'll be free." Yeah. And I think that that is. Oh my God, yo, your story got me over here. I'm definitely about to cry, <laughs> bro. But, um, nah, but, nah, but that 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 quote holds weight because I've discovered Jovan. Yes, I didn't discover nobody else. I didn't discover my mother, my father, my brother, my sister, or any other friend. I discovered me finally, and that's where my freedom came because it was like at the time when she told me that I was sitting in the office, 
and she was saying, who are you? I was texting. She said, who you text right now? I said, a group of friends. She said, tell them right now. And I was like, oh, shoot. And so I told them. You know, I told them. And I didn't get the reaction I was expecting. The reaction I was expecting was, are you serious? Like, I was really just expecting what, what everyone would think, you know, the, yeah. the worst. Yeah. But the response I got from my friends was nothing but love. It was just, you know, I'm glad you have figured this out. I'm glad you're in therapy. I'm glad, you know, there was just this gladness for me. And one friend was like, you know, I kind of knew, but I just went 100% sure, but I'm, I'm glad that you, you figured you out, you know, because I still love you anyway. Just to hear those words, I still love you anyway, gave me assurance. And it gave me a piece about, you know what, if these are like, this shows like, these are my true friends. Yes. My friends who know who know me, like you know, we've been in the mud together, we've cried, everything together throughout college. Those are my college people, like my family, friends that became family. Right. And you know, the fact that they still showed me love after that was like, you know what? It's cool. You know, I'm I'm gonna be okay. So around this time, my birthday was I was turning thirty, and for some, um, a guy at my own job. He was like, it's something about the age of 30 is when you really find yourself. And it's crazy that it's all coming full circle that at the age of 30, I started therapy. I started sharing my story. I started finding me. I started, you know, I've gotten to my dream career. Everything has been happening since 30. And I went to Vegas for my 30th birthday. My best friend lives in Vegas. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm not going to do anything crazy. You just go visit my best friend, hang out with her, go to Cali for a little bit. You know, I got family out. Well, her friend, her family is my family. So I got family out there. So why not? So I sat her down. And I was like, yo, we need to talk. You know, I was just getting to the point where I'm telling people now, I'm getting comfortable. So I was like, we need to talk. She was like, okay, what is this about? And she knows my tone of voice when I say certain things. Like, <laughs> oh, God. She's like, you know, are we going to need a drink? Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So she was like, you know, do I need a drink? I said, you going to need a drink for this one. So I went and got her a drink, got me a drink, and we sat down. I was like, yo, this is what it is. Um, throughout life, you know, I told you about me being molested. She's like, yeah, so, well, you know, it got deeper than that. It got deeper than that. I went and experienced homosexuality. She's like, what? And I was like, yeah. She's like, not you. I was like, yeah, me. And she's like, you know, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. She said, cool. I'm glad you're okay. That's what I'm concerned about for the most part, that you are okay. And then it was like, you know, her next question was, well, have you been tested? And I was like, nah, I'm scared. I've been, I was scared. I've been scared as hell to get tested. And she went, well, you know, another ultimatum. If you don't get tested, I don't know why friendship lies because, you know, you can't be out here like this and I can't lose my best friend because she had she had already lost a best friend. Like, it's crazy how we met. I'm going to tell the story how we met. When you people meet me, I come off a little strong. Sometimes I joke with you. I joke. I just joke with you. Just kind of make you feel comfortable. Yeah. And at the time, she had lost her best friend, her sister, matter of fact. And her sister died on my birthday. Oh. Right. And she feels as if, we both feel as if, you know, like I was just an angel sent to her. And she was an angel sent to me. And, you know, since then, we just became, we clicked and we became the best of friends. You know, it's, I mean, it's like strictly friendship. That's it. You know, that's my dog. She knows me in and out. I know her in and out. When I got problems, she got problems. We, we hash them out and that's it. And I, you just can't lose a friend like that. Yeah. And she was just saying, yo, you need to do this, not just for me, but for your family, for your future, for your future wife, for your kids, because you need to know that you're okay. And it took me about a couple of months to really just 
come to grips like, yo, I just need to do this. I need to make this happen. So I just happened to need to go to the doctor because my shoulder was messing up and it was time for a physical anyway. So the doctor, she's talking, she's asking routine questions. And then she comes up, you know, are you sexually active? And I said, as of now, no, but I was some time ago. And she was like, well, you know, you, I feel you need to get tested. I was like, you know what? Go ahead and do it. You know, those words just float out of my mouth. Like, just go ahead and do yeah, it. Like, I'm, I'm here. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> Don't shoot me up with the needle. Take the blood. You know, <laughs> get me right. And for some reason, like, I wasn't as nervous as I thought I should be. Um, there was a peace about it. I prayed about it, and God gave me peace. Peace with whatever the outcome is, I'm going to have to live with it because my thing is this. At the end of the day, I couldn't blame nobody for my actions. Though I didn't know, you know, I couldn't control them, I'm still a grown-ass man at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, I can't put the blame on nobody but me. So I got my results back in, and the only results I was waiting for was my blood work. Everything else, my urine tested out clear, um, you know, whatever other stuff they do, the doctors do, everything right. was clear. Um, So the blood never came back, and I'm like, all right. Oh, shit. I did. Right. <laughs> right. This <laughs> one. And so I'm just, he said, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to give it to God. I'm letting it go. I can't be a man of faith and be worried about stuff. Yeah. So I let it go and I got another email. My email uh, insurance is through Kaiser. So Kaiser's like, Kaiser's email, you have a new yeah. uh, testing yeah. alert, whatever. Yeah, yeah you know, Kaiser give you everything. You <laughs> sound like, ah, oh, shoot. And I was, uh, what was that? I think I was about to get in my car in somewhere. And I looked, I said, hot damn. So I was like, ah. Now you, you try to get yourself together. Yeah, like, that's, all right. that's a hell of a feeling, bro. I've been there. Right, bro. right, right. <laughs> and um, the crazy thing is, like, you know, I looked at it, and everything came back uh, negative. I was good to go. And at that moment, man, I gave nothing but glory to God for keeping this fool, you know, because it could have been worse. You know, I could have turned out HIV, you know, AIDS positive, but I didn't. You know, I could have came up with an STD that I couldn't get rid of, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, God is good. God is faithful. God keep he kept me. And it was just like, all right, I gotta get it together. So from there I kinda you know, it's still in therapy because I discovered that, you know, I suffer from depression from what happened to me. Yeah. And she was like, you know, you're a functional depression. You're a fun- functional depressant, you know, that you have functional depression. And I was like, oh, I'm like, what does that mean? She's like, you know, your moods are gonna be up and down. Some days you're gonna feel like dealing with people, some days, days you're not, some days you're probably pissed off at the world for no reason. And it's because of everything that you've internalized for so long and you haven't figured out how to deal with it. So I've been, you know, talking with her pretty much for once. It was like weekly, then it became, as I began to get better, it became bi-weekly, then it became monthly. And, you know, we chit-chat, we laugh, we joke, and everything. Like, I just feel so free now to tell the story. And I was figuring out how to incorporate this into my speaking engagements and stuff like that. And that's where... I was talking with David, you know, David Shane's about, you know, telling my story with him and sharing everything with him. And he was like, man, you got a powerful story. You got to share it. Yes. And I was like, well, how do I share it? What do I call it? And he was like, you know, we were just talking and giving like, you know, he's like, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. I think. So I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. He's thinking, he's thinking, he's thinking. He's like, I got it. Identity. You need to focus on identity. Yeah. Because what you've gone through is something that definitely is going to Everybody's gone through it. People are trying to figure out who they are. Am I this? Am I that? And he was saying, you know, that's part of your story. You're going to have to tell, you know, the band up boss up and do it. So um, I'm actually working on a book that's 
talking about this story. And it's part of my speaking career. It's part of who I am. And I'm not ashamed about it no more. You know, I've thought, you know, for the longest, I'm never going to get married. Probably never find a girlfriend. Dr. Ra. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm all good. I'm cool. And how I knew I was cool was when, oh, what's his name? The big soul speaker dude who be coming hard at me. You said the big swole. Uh, what happened? Derrick Jackson. Derrick Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the big swole dude. <laughs> so, you know, dude. He mad yeah, swole. Yeah. Um, but he had posted an article about a girl who um, who dated this guy. And, like, you know, he was left hit same story as me. He was less than experienced homosexuality, but she still loved him. And she, I think to this day they're married and got kids and all that other good stuff. But she was understanding. And when I read that, more freedom came. It's just like, you know, when you open up and sh- open your mouth and share your story and tell your story, God pours in the freedom. Yes, that's freedom in your transparency, man. Yes, definitely, definitely. And I so promise now. you the right person that's supposed to love you is going to love you through all your shit and all your mess regardless. Facts. Like, And I swear women love a man being way more open about this stuff. That I mean, because I keep it funky, right? Like, there's a double standard, right, to a woman going through the same thing that you've gone through and had to go through that same exact lifestyle pattern to kind of discover who she is versus a man. And I'm not going, I'm not going to lie. I used to be one of those people like, nah, uh uh, if he do that, then hell no. But if she do that, I mean, I mean, I guess it's okay, right? And right, right. I have, I have um, a slightly similar story to yours that I'm not ready to talk about yet, right? Because yeah. <laughs> um, you, know you know my story is already deep as hell. Like, right, and when right, I be right. telling people that I have a lot of shit, I got a lot of shit, right? Um, so, right. like, that, that stuff right there to me is kind of like, if a woman can go through that part in her life and still find a husband and a man find it sexy and all this other type of stuff and... When a man comes out and is free in the way he has lived and he is now ready to shed those things of the past to be whoever he needs to be now, I don't see why the right woman can't love you for your flaws and all. And I think that that's, you going to find what you need, baby. That's just what it is. And there's there's actually a chapter in my book um, that is coming out soon called Recrown You. Ha ha. Um, and the chapter is called suppression causes depression. Mm. And that's exactly what it is that I feel even happened with you. You suppressed it so long that it came out in different forms and different facets in your life. And it put you in a place of depression because you suppressed it so much that I can't talk about it. This isn't something that I should open up about. This isn't something that I can deal with. Nobody's going to understand. Nobody's going to accept it. And now you're just weighing yourself down and you're stuck in your own little closet that you can't get out of and that Mm -hmm. suppression caused you depression so that's real real deep so let's get into this next question though the identity coach like you you said david david gave you the identity part but like what do you think mentally like physically mentally whatever happened inside of you like what is that thing that happened that made you say, you know what, I'm ready to own the title as an identity coach because now I know what was wrong with me. So now I can help other people because people don't care about what you've been through until you come through. Right. right so right. what, what, what got you there? It was, like I said, it was that freedom. That freedom got me there to see, you know what, 
And it was one of those things that you, if you look at your life and if you was to play your life back as a movie and you were the only person in the theater watching this movie and you're reflecting on this movie, you got to write a paper or a dissertation on it. You know, what was the one thing that you can pull out from it? And identity was it because we all, we all suffer from identity issues or identity crisis, you know, regardless of who you are, what you are, either identity with the job, you know, the job has been so good to me for all these years that I get fired and I no longer know what to identify with career wise or, I was the, you know, the good wife and the good husband and faithful all these years and I got cheated on. And the only thing I knew how to identify was it was my marriage or my kids. So as we all identify with something. And for me, I identify, you know, with, at the time, I identified with molestation. I identified with homosexuality. So now I'm identifying my freedom. I'm thinking, okay, what does freedom look like? Freedom looks like me. It looks like, you know, a guy who doesn't care, you know, what people think, what people say, uh, what people um, have to say about me. You know, I'm a big guy, you know, I got the man boobs, the gut, all that stuff. I'm on the beach, shirt off all summer. Ran out of the spot They don't know how to live anymore. Mm. And it's really just finding the identity of who you are. Finding your passions, finding what you love, finding your good hobbies, finding the thing that's going to make you some money, finding the thing that's going to take you to the next level of your life. And it all starts with your identity. What you identify with is what you become. So if you identify with money, you become a, a lover of money. If you identify with cars, you become a lover of cars. If you identify with people, you become a lover of people. If you identify with yourself, you become a lover of yourself. <laughs> Baby, it is all on the table, honey. That That is good right there. Oh. oh, my God. There's just a breath of fresh air just all over this right now because it's just, it's real and it's raw. You know, and that's and that's what we're here for. Um, and this is this is that understanding piece of a man that we don't understand. We don't we can't just look at you and know, you know, and and when you start to peel back those layers of who that person is, that's when you truly understand the things they do, the way they act, things that, you know, trigger them. And then you can really understand and appreciate the man that you have because you know what he's been through. Oh, honey, Lord. So, <laughs> so we about to wrap this thing up, but here's one thing that I definitely want you to give me some, some gems, some juice, some something here, right? Because I know that there is a man or a woman that is listening right now that has been where you are or been, or they are there right now and they are struggling through this point in their life. They don't know how to get out of it. They don't know how to speak out about it because of the fear of embarrassment, because of the fear of so many other things that are around them, but they want to be free. They want to be free. They want to live free and they want the life that they know that they deserve, but they haven't dealt with their past, right? What Mm -hmm. is some words of advice for someone like this? Words of advice is the word of advice that God gave me and it's simple. You aren't the only one. You aren't the first. You definitely won't be the last. And that's one of the things that gave me my freedom was finding out, you know what? I'm not the first person who's done this. And I damn sure won't be the last. And it's okay. It's okay because we live in a, such a big world with so many people who I walk around here fake and phony and don't want freedom. They don't want free, They don't want that real freedom. That real freedom that hurt. That real freedom that makes you cry sometimes. That real freedom that makes you know, that's a lot of you just say what the hell you want to say, not feel bad about for saying it. 
And my thing is, if you want to break free, you're going to have to break free and open your mouth, get some help, talk to somebody. You know, I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm here to talk to you about your problems because I've been through it. And you nothing you can tell me that I ain't heard or done before. And that's that's my advice I give to that person. Like, you ain't the only one. So don't feel bad about it. Things happen. Life happens. We all experiment life in somehow, some some shape or form. Some shape or form. But you got to realize that trouble don't last always. Pain don't last always. And what you've gone through ain't going to last. And I tell people all the time, if you don't identify with something, you identify with everything and it will drive you crazy. Ooh. Ooh. If you don't identify. Ooh, say that again. I'm writing that down. If you don't identify with something, you identify with everything and it will drive you crazy. My God. And that is real talk right there. And I think at the end of the day, we just got to realize we all human. We are imperfect people. Shit happens, (laughs) but you deal with it. And if you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. And that's just what it is. Oh my God, bro. Thank you so much for coming through and blessing us with that testimony, that story, that realness, that everything. You really put it on the table today. And I know for a fact, I'm about to get a whole lot of feedback about this here episode because somebody needed you to speak out so that they could be free. And if you don't become, I always tell people this, if you do not become the person that you're supposed to be, the person that's waiting on you will always just be waiting on you. And you'll be the you that never comes because they That's needed right. you to become the person that you are now. That is, oh, hello. That's right. Ah. And, and I'm glad you said that because that's one of the things I've been, that's been heavy in my heart is the fact that somebody's waiting on me and I'm, I can't have them sitting idle because I want to sit idle in my best. So it's really one of those things, you know, all right, Jay, put on your big boy draws, get out here, be a man about it, you know, whatever that means. Right. And, just do the damn thing. Man, are you doing a damn thing, man? And I cannot allow you to leave without giving the people some information. Like, how can people get in touch with you? What's some new things you got coming up? Like, we already know about living blessed. Like, throw it all on the table like you've been <laughs> doing. Okay? Like, give us, because people need to connect with you because you real, and I love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can reach me on my website, Jovan J. Palmer. That's J-O-E-V-A-N-J Palmer, P-A-L-E-R dot com. Instagram, same as that thing, Jovan J. Palmer. Um, Email, you can catch me in the city of Atlanta. I'm always all over the place doing something. Um, and that's just about it. That's lit. That's lit. Thank you so much, ladies. Uh, thank I know, you. Yes, yes. Ladies, I know that this is a journey. And this 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 episode was heavy. And you might have to go back and re-listen to it a few times. I understand that. You're got to be willing to do what you got to do for you because it's that important, right? And I know that this might trigger some stuff for some people. I know that there's going to be a lot of different opinions surrounding it, but I don't give a damn. I'm bringing it all on the table because this is the conversations we need to have. These are the things that are affecting our men mentally and they're affecting us because we don't understand it and we don't care to understand. But when the conversation is opened and brought to the table, amazing things happen. Freedom happens and there is true freedom in your transparency if you can keep it real with yourself and the others around you. But, you know, 
you may have to fight the same battle more than once and you have to be okay with that. But you also got to be okay with opening the conversation and being communicative with those around you because you never know someone's story until they tell it. But in the meantime, in between time, I'm going to catch y'all next time. It's your girl. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.